It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This Ace Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Check out their spring collection. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. How are you, my friend? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, before we get in, I talked to, I, I, I teased telling everybody about really how hard it is to change teams, and we haven't really thought about that uh, a lot. I mean, it's hard just to change a regular job in the same town, let alone do it in different cities. We'll get into that. But I was just talking about before you came on, just looking at the MLB notes today and seeing, you know, what happened last night in Boston with Chris Sale, what you're seeing today between Boston and the Rays with Glass now, who might, you know, how hurt he has been. Whitlock, Garrett Whitlock's coming back from an elbow injury. I mean, this is like, this is what baseball is, right? Star pitcher get hurt, gets hurt last night. I mean, hard to believe Glass now is going to be 30 coming up here in August, and he just has a career record of 20 and 20. He has just started 68 games in his career. I mean, isn't this last like, 24 hours in, in Boston kind of told you the state of where pitching is today. Yeah, Chris Sale goes down with a shoulder injury. Uh, that's, you know, what's what's kind of interesting is we've caught, like, before we had all these diagnostic equipment and, uh, you know, the doctors, I think a lot of times elbow pain traveled up to the shoulders. And so what you have seen is an increase in elbow injuries and a decrease in shoulder injuries uh, during this time. So we're catching things earlier. Uh, and that's why, you know, Tommy John is better than season or, I mean, career ending labrum surgery, you know? Yes. Um, and so in some effect we are lengthening careers, but it doesn't feel like that in the moment because we're catching every little thing. We're putting them on the IL to try and, 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 and coach them through it, get them through it. Um, we have slowed down a little bit. There was the early real boost, I think, from people getting used to the pitch clock. We saw that people that were slow were getting hurt more than people that were fast before. So we did see that the pitch clock had some effect on injuries. But we've slowed down a little bit, uh, and the guys that are healthy are, are, are trying to stay healthy. But, the, it, you know, Tyler Glass now is a concept, is a microcosm of the game today. He throws real hard, throws two pitches, and is injured all the time. But getting back, and it makes me think of my era, and I don't know if you think I'm a dinosaur, but it's my era, <laughs> early 90s. Are we dinosaurs? Mark Kotze and I are the same era. Um, I was raised on that ball. I, 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 well, we, we put snot on the baseball back in our day. That's what we <laughs> uh, but it is interesting because our biggest fear back in the day was shoulders. Mm-hmm. 
You were so terrified of the shoulder, but it's interesting you say that. It's you still protect, the big, the biggest deal. But but yeah, but you protected the elbow, which ended up hurting the shoulder. We now have a way to get rid of that. So that's really most most of the injuries we have now are all elbow. When back then, a lot were shoulders. Yeah, and we're even doing things where we have like flexor surgery, where you're 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 having surgery before the elbow. I mean, it's all a kinetic chain, and it, you know. The shoulder is the is the worst one, and really, we don't have that many success stories for shoulder surgery still yeah. to this day. Almost all of them were really young. Julio Urias was really young when he had it, um, and uh, who was the? He just retired. He he pitched for I think he pitched for the A's. He pitched for the Nationals. Anibal Anibal Sanchez. Yeah. Uh, he was a guy that uh, that uh, had labor surgery, and that's like. Those are the two names that I think of. You know? We don't <laughs> we, we don't have a Tommy John for for as we're talking about the great Tommy John, the pitcher who had the surgery. We don't have that guy for shoulders. Yeah. You know, they never had that. And people need to understand the way the way your shoulder and goes into the socket, and there's three different uh, ligaments that are holding the the ball into the socket. Like you messed that up, man. You're done. Yeah, it's You're just uh, it's just so important, and it's such a, it's such a big it's a big joint, you know. The smaller the joint is, like Eduardo Rodriguez has a little finger pulley problem. It's it's a problem. He's gonna have surgery, but it's it's not a thing that you'd be like, oh, I'm worried about him long term, you know. Uh, but the bigger the joint, the more the bigger deal it is, and you know, I I I, I do think that you know they've been saying that in the Bay Area for years. The bigger the joint. <laughs> I've heard that for years, ever since I was in college. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, we've uh, we we we've cut. We're catching things earlier, but it also in the moment feels like we're just it's just injury after injury. And you know, I tried to do some rankings today, and a lot of the big problem in ranking pitchers right now uh, is just finding the healthy ones. I mean, my number one is still Jake Degrom, and he's not even healthy right now. Your number one is still Degrom. Yeah, he's throwing bullpens. I think he'll be back out there. I don't know. I I, I don't know what your guys' obsession with this guy is. We know what he is. <laughs> we, you guys are obsessed with this guy. You you you, you data people are obsessed with him. <laughs> the best ability best ability is availability. Yeah. And even when he's great, what did he do against the Padres last year in the playoffs? He gave you six innings. I mean, you're only gonna get six innings from him. Like, how great can these six innings be that we just obsess with the greatness of Jacob DeGrom? Well, it's two-thirds of the game, and nobody else is giving you nine. <laughs> That's dumb. Right. But you know what? We still got some important innings left, and he's not a part of it. So yeah. he gives me six. Or, I, I just don't know. I, I understand his ability to throw hard, his ability to throw great strikes, and his ability to have like a 92-mile-an-hour slider. It's great. It's just we have this obsession with a guy who can't play. Well, from a team building standpoint, it's better to have him in place in any given season and then look for relievers. Like, for example, the Rangers relief squad is not that good this year. You know, it's probably their worst aspect of their team. And yet that's one of the easiest things to upgrade at the deadline. So what are the Rangers going to do at the deadline? They're going to get a reliever or two. So we think. But we were just going over this and Jerry DePoto of the of the Seattle Mariners. I can't call them GMs anymore. Everybody, I can't keep president of baseball operations. Is he the the president? Is he (laughs) the star? They all have these titles. What president of what? I mean, is he a VP? Is he, I mean, I don't know. But Jerry DePoto, who runs the Mariners, recently came out and said, Yeah, I mean, people should be doing business now. But 
reality is people, there's so many conservative type people in front offices and so many people are in it that we're not going to, you don't yeah. see a whole lot of deals. And, and the guy who's the biggest wheeler and dealer of all, AJ Preller, he's out of cards. He has nothing to deal. <laughs> he's got a couple prospects, but I, I, I almost feel like I, for the Padres, a, a smaller deal like Randall Grichuk would make sense just to get a right-hander in that outfield to pair with Grisham, something small because the the last two guys they have is a 16 year old catcher who's you know one of the top prospects but he's 16 and then you know uh they have like a 17 year old shortstop you know you really have to go uh go to the real youngins to, to, is that to legal to trade a 16 year old <laughs> but um you know i we, we we talked about this uh uh on the three o show yesterday and and one thing that's really interesting is uh you brought you brought up two parts of it one part is um, that, uh, you know, they're conservative. And the reason I think that teams are conservative, nobody wants to sell now because the biggest draw for butts and seats, you know, this is a big discussion right now because of Vegas and, oh, and the A's and this and that. The biggest draw, if we look through the numbers, the biggest draw is being good. And if you say to your fans right now, you're the Cincinnati Reds, you're almost 500. You're kind of in it, you know. But you say to your Reds, we're going to sell Alexis Diaz or we're going to sell Lucas Sims and we're going to get worse. You're not, you're not setting yourself up to have more fans in seats the rest of the season. But wait so, for firework night. Yeah, yeah. Come for drone shows. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I think that's part of the process is just being like, how, how long can we wait and pretend we're still in it? Um, you know, there are teams that have no chance right now, that 0% uh, possibility of making the playoffs. That's the Nationals, the Royals, uh, the Rockies, and the A's. Um, but some of those Browse? teams... Whoa. <laughs> Wait a minute. Sorry. Yeah, I was trying to slip that in. <laughs> tell people that. We don't do that yeah. in life, But those teams could be open for business. Some of those teams don't have that much to trade. And uh, I won't name all of them. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. I, I, I did a whole monologue on that today going, you know, this is where the coaches, you know, Shintaro's going to be the opener today. This is where you got to get Alemis Diaz. This is where you got to get Britt Rooker. This is where you got to get Ramon Laureano. Get Tony Kemp. Get these guys figured out so we can move them because – there's not many. There's not many casinos open. Yeah, we could be a casino open to do some gambling. If Ramon Laureano can get going again, he would actually become one of the easiest to acquire best corner outfielders out there. Because I was trying to get a corner outfield on the Padres and put Trent Gri and put uh, uh, Tatis in center, and I was looking, and it's Lane Thomas or Randall Grichuk. Like if Ramon Laureano is doing what he can do, he's better than those two guys. So. You know, that's that's definitely the, the coaching staff and and they should be playing Ramon. You know, there's this weird thing where they're not playing Ramon. And I think it has to do with the fact that, like, oh, they're trying to win games or whatever. But, you know, and Ramon, they're, you know, they're playing him against lefties uh, more than than righties. I would be playing Ramon Laureano every day and be like, hey, boy, like, like, buddy, let's let's get you through this. This uh, let's get you through this, uh, uh, this slump that you're in and, and get you out of there. So. Uh, the other thing is uh, the most interesting teams are ones that are okay-ish and have some assets uh, but don't want to blow it up yet and have uh, weird front office situations. Like, I think one of the most interesting teams is the White Sox 
because they've been doing this thing where they're like have good players but aren't good for a while and uh, you just wonder can that front office do a rebuild and still keep their jobs is the reason they're not like you know tearing it down to studs to keep their jobs because if you do a rebuild you have to tell Jerry Reinsdorf hey can you give me five more years you know, we're, uh, we're starting what, to rebuild he, again. He's, he's late 80s, right, Reinsdorf? Yeah, I don't think he wants that. So, you know, they have some of the best relievers that are out there uh, that, that could be acquired. And uh, uh, and I think people would want to do business with them. But, you know, what are they going to do? Yeah, Reinsdorf is 87 years old. Yeah, I don't think he's ready for a rebuild. I think uh, <laughs> after bringing in Tony Larusa, I think he... That's he, right. Yeah, he, his most of his moves have been winning out moves. Uh, you, you guys have talked about on The Athletic about moving. And uh, Marcus Simeon, who you mentioned, I remember we were at the winter meetings. You were on the show with us in 2019. And Marcus was down there getting an award. Uh, his wife was off to the side. I was talking about him staying with the A's, and she was behind him going like this. I mean, they're Bay Area people. Uh, then off to Toronto, which, you know, they were because of COVID and still restrictions in Canada. That was crazy. And then they got the young boys, and then now they're in Texas and have a home there and move there full time. I mean, moving around, especially a guy with a young family, it's not easy. Switching teams, we make it seem like it's easy because – you're living in your house. I'm living in my house. We make it seem like moving around's easy. <laughs> uh, it is not mo- moving families and wives and kids and your career and different coaches and different spring trainings and I, the, all of it is chaos and it, it it's not easy to do. Yeah, I love Marcus. It was a great conversation and it was wide ranging. I mean, one of the things he brought up again was that he really was serious about you know the one year offer to the to the A's uh, to come back without a without a pay raise. So. You know, he did not want to move and he's, you know, he's got the the roots in the area and he, you know, he wanted to stay. Uh, But then when he went to to Toronto, he said he credited the the coaching staff there with doing a great job getting him on second base, you know, new position, new team and and, and coaching him into that. And he wasn't saying that the Rangers weren't as good as that. But when he switched the Rangers, he also hit the lockout. So not only uh, was uh, was it a new team, but he couldn't go to a team facility because of the lockout. Uh, but one thing that sort of that brought to mind, and, and for him, it was very specific that that was very difficult because of those young boys you, you mentioned. Like he's he's uprooting kids and putting them in a new school, having to get a whole new routine with them, waking up at six in the morning to get them to school and then being tired because he just went to bed at one, you know. So like, there, you know, there's this whole thing that's specific to him. But the thing that's that that is general, you can see it in the numbers and it's, uh, it's something that you can tell intuitively um, it's hard. It's really hard to do this. And what happens is if I'm a free agent, my old team doesn't give me a plan for the off season. They don't tell me what to work on or what, what machines to do or what lift weightlifting to do. They don't give me a plan. I'm out the door. And my new team is, I don't have a new team yet. So I don't have team facilities. I don't have team, uh, uh, personnel. I don't have access to a whole part of my normal routine in the off season. Um, and he said that this offseason he had that he's a top 10 player in the league again, you know, so, you know, that's you can really see the value there. But, 
You know, I've, I've also pointed out that like team switchers uh, press at the plate. They swing more, they chase more uh, on their new team. So there's a, a psychological aspect too, where you join this new team, you sign a $300 million deal like Trey Turner, you know, and you join this new team and you're kind of, you maybe you don't do something in the first three games, all of a sudden you can be pressing. You know, you're just like, oh my God, you know, everyone here in Philadelphia already thinks I'm a bust. And I'm a new kid in the in the clubhouse, and I and I got to do something about it. So you swing more, you chase more, and it's not necessarily the best baseball you ever played in your life. So, you know that that uh, that's a psychological aspect that you can actually see in the numbers, uh, and I find that fascinating. I, I you know it's something that we even as uh, you know non baseball players can can imagine is is something that's pretty tough to do. How about Chris Bryant? Chris Bryant just came back, and you're looking at his numbers how pathetic his numbers have been from a power standpoint, especially at Coors Field. Think about signing that huge deal. Not are you not playing well, but you're not staying healthy. Yeah, that's a double whammy, I think. That's a really tough one. And, you know, that not for nothing, that's a that's a underreported aspect of why it's difficult to, to, to play in, in Coors. You know, just recovering is more yeah. difficult. Like, you know, injuries take longer. They they're often among the most injured teams. You know, players players tell me that they weightlift on the road. Like Rockies players tell me they weightlift on the road because they want to get that nice recovery in at sea level. They don't want to weightlift back at home. So they have to like do this whole thing where they're trying to recover on the road so they don't have to recover at, you know, five thousand feet up in the air. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, like you know, my time working in the NFL with the Raiders and, and, you know, playing the Broncos twice a year and always talking about, you know, what you have to do to go play at mile high and then getting to know Bronco people and talking about, man, playing up here, practicing every day. It's why boxers, you know, Oscar De La Hoya would always go to Big Bear to train and to run and the, the elevations. The, the uh, uh, marathoners are all from Somalia. Yeah, and think about, think about how tough it is to play in the NBA or hockey. When you're playing in Denver and you're playing in elevation, the I Denver mean, it, Nuggets have the biggest home field advantage in sports by numbers. I, I yeah, they run you off the floor. I mean, you can't <laughs> breathe. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's 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 like it's. I remember with the Raiders, we had this whole debate on when to go to Mexico City because of the elevation to take on the Patriots. I mean, elevation is no joke. Elevation sickness. Now, Denver's not high enough, but Mexico City's high enough. People can get elevation sickness. I've been to. Breckenridge, Colorado, with people who got altitude sickness, they were wiped out. So, yeah, that's a big deal. People don't talk about how tough it is, and that's one of the reasons why I hate Todd Helton doesn't get love for the Hall of Fame is there's something to be said about being an everyday player in elevation. Yeah, for sure. And I don't think, uh, I, you know, it's one of the things I don't think the numbers uh, account for fully, and people just want to just, you know, take his road OPS. I, I, You know, I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair because – you know, you see a bunch of fastballs at home, you go on the road, you see a bunch of junk. That's not like, you know, there is a road penalty to being a Rocky. You know, <laughs> like yeah. the game is played totally different everywhere else except for home. So you have to like get adjusted to that. I know you guys soon are going to um, start talking about, well, look who's having the best year. Look who's having MVPs. Like all of a sudden you looked up and you go, wow. Aaron Judge is having almost the exact same or even a little bit of a better season that he did last year. Otani's doing what he's doing. Yandy's been doing what he's doing in Tampa. Garcia has been doing what he's been doing in Texas. Simeon in Texas. I mean, this MVP race in the American League could be incredible. 
Yeah, it's true. Uh, you know, I think I don't know if you mentioned him, but Wander in Tampa. Tampa. Did you say his name? I didn't um, say his name, but I got him on my fantasy team, so I know exactly how he's doing. <laughs> I mean, he's take, he's having like a a big sort of power breakout, and has twenty stolen bases. Is playing shortstop for the team that has the most uh, wins, you know, up there and wins above replacement. So. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, and one of the things that does happen, and we've talked about this on your show before, is that people, um, you know, get, you know, it's the Willie Mays problem where and the Mike Trout problem where they're just like, well, we can't give Shohei Otani the award every year. We can't give Willie Mays the award every year, you know. So, you know, I often kind of my eye wanders to these new stories and, uh, you know, wander uh, being the pun there. So. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, he's a he's a dark horse that uh, that may establish himself as the favorite, uh, you know, over time. But, you know, the the NL one's not bad either. And, you know, the the, the Dodgers are supposed to take a step. Freddie back this Freeman, year. bro. Freddie yeah. Freeman. Wow. The Dodgers are supposed to take a step back this year, but they've got the best record in the NL. Uh, and he's got the most war in baseball. He's hitting 346 and he's stealing bases and looks spry so you know this is an offense that runs around him too so um you know i think uh that'll be funny and then, and then you know i think you got to throw sean murphy in that discussion you know uh just that the brave squad is so good and he's been so good for them uh and he plays such a premium position that uh that murphy's going to be in the conversation too along with acuna so you you never know like it's kind of funny i think the the top guys in the AL are probably and the NL are probably all on the same team. It's probably Freeman, Betts, Murphy, and Acuna right now, and that's uh, that. You know, you never know how they split up the votes on that. So, all right, let's end on this. Paul Severino from the Marlins and former MLB Network host is going to join us. He's great. Uh, yeah. He's had me on sometimes to to do some innings with him. So you had the walk-off win by the D-backs yesterday, a four-game sweep of the Rockies. Tied with the Dodgers. You're tied with the Dodgers. You know, Tori Lovello, former A, he's a good friend of the program. We have him on all the time. And the last time, so they were recently in town, as you know, and Tori was on with us, and he told us four things that make the Diamondbacks. And I want Mm -hmm. you to tell me, uh, because you're, you're, obviously, when it comes to analytics, you're the man, right? Uh Tell me what these analytics are. Love, trust, commitment, <laughs> and effort. That's what they're built on. Love, trust, commitment, and effort. Can you tell me where I can find that on Baseball Reference, fan graphs? I was looking for that it. Must be the... I'm, not the, I'm not the guru of analytics. You know, you know that. Where on Fangrass can love I find plus. love, trust, effort, love, and commitment? Love plus. Trust plus. It's right trust. there. It's the stuff plus. <laughs> <laughs> So instead of B swing percentage, can yeah. I get effort swing percentage? Yeah. But there's They're, something special going on, right? I mean, you got all these big payrolls. Dodgers are still a big payroll. Padres have committed almost a billion dollars to salaries. Giants are throwing money at the problem. And here are the D-backs with their love, trust, effort, and commitment tied for first place on June 2nd. I mean, you know, one of the things that the D-backs do that I think is underrated and more teams should do it's just feel a solid team. You know what I mean? Just, just, you know, spend whatever ownership will let you spend. Just put together a solid team. Try to have no zeros anywhere um, and uh, and develop over time. But also just, you know, if it takes signing Zach Davies to a small deal so you at least have a fifth starter, then do that, you know? Uh, if, uh, if you don't have enough money to get in on Edwin Diaz, then sign Scott McGuff. 
from you know from Japan just and, and if he doesn't turn out to be a great reliever he's going to be a fine one you know um, so they've done a really good job of doing these smaller deals um, and putting together a good roster on a decent budget um, while their young guys now are starting to hit the field and Corbin Carroll I think you know he's going to be in the conversation for MVPs in the future I think he's a really special young player um, and so they've put together this this sort of veterans that are good enough around these young players that are coming up. The one thing is they need bullpen help, you know, so they, they, they need to do something in that bullpen. I don't, I don't think love and trust can, can hold together that bullpen all year. <laughs> uh, it's going to be hot this weekend. Get your Pilsners ready. That's right. That's right. I'm going down to a beer fest, Firestone Walker Invitational Beer Fest. It's going to be slow. Yeah. I'm covering that, that beer festival in slow tomorrow. God bless you. Have a great time. Well, well, uh, pray for me because I'm also going to LCD Sound System tonight. So uh, that's uh, that's two two big events in two days. Let's see if I can I can keep it together. <laughs> We're gonna have to give you some liver protection to go for yeah. your next yeah. This so, liver product is brought to you by Eno Saris and the Athletic. <laughs> Sunday is all water and broccoli. <laughs> all right, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for having me. Play the man is open and is closed. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Great stuff. Eno, be well, my friend. See you guys. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.